Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can open with me to Matthew 5, verse 14. Um, And I'm going to continue the series that we've been in, I Know a Guy. And uh, my message title this morning, if you're taking notes, is Uncommon. Uncommon. And this is what, sa- what it says in Matthew 5, in verse 14 in the New King James. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I just want to read it to you as well in the message. And I just love the way that this is put says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Isn't that cool? You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I just can't read that without being so arrested by the thought that If we know a guy and we're called to walk out into the world and be light bearers and shine for him, let him shine through us to others, how does that look like for us in our everyday lives? And it it says it so plainly here, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And it's just, it's simple, isn't it? That really does make it simple. But it really does require something of us as well. And if you're an introvert, you're secretly freaking out right now. (laughs) But that's okay. There's a way for you to open up. And there's a way that God's designed you, even with exactly who you are, how you were knit together and formed. We're all different. We all have different personalities. But God has a place for each one of us. Just like Maddie said before, in my father's house, there's a place for me. So there is a place for you for your personality, for the way that you're wired, and you can come as you are, and there's a way to open up to others that will prompt them to open up to God. And that doesn't mean you have to have your life completely together, perfect, you know, what if I say something about God? They're just going to call out every fault in me because they know I'm not perfect, and how can I know God if I'm not perfect yet? But that that isn't what it says. It just says, by opening up to others, you'll prompt others to open up to God. You don't need them to open up to you. You need them to open up to God. And then however God has designed that moment in your life and in their life, you might play a part in it or you might not. But either way, it's okay. Pressure's off. So my message is uncommon. And the reason it's uncommon is because it's, it's actually quite uncommon to be a person who opens up to others. It's pretty uncommon to live a life and live in a way that points back to heaven. But I think we're all called to. And so I've got this little video we're going to show you about a, a um, person who lives an uncommon life. 
Oh, I was gonna go to Macy's, but Dillard's is having a sale. Man plans his steps, but the Lord directs his path. Look at these purses. Excuse me, this is fashion now? Lean not on your own understanding. Oh, Spencer's gifts? Mm-mm, guard your heart. Finish line? Oh, yes, run the race I have set before you. 30% off all things work together for good. Oh, would you look at these here? Run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Uh, no thank you, I don't need any skincare samples. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, there Starbucks, thank heaven, streams in the desert. Look at these watches for such a time as this. Look at all this baggage. No, thank you. I have left my burdens at the cross. Oh, I love this bedding. Yes, all who are weary, he will give you rest. Look at these knives. These are perfect. Iron sharpens iron. Oh, man does not live by bread alone. Hey, Adam, you want to take a bite of this? Mm-mm, man's original sin. Microsoft only for me, thank you. Oh, Lululemon, he will not tempt you beyond what you can handle. Oh, Zales, absolutely not. My treasure is in heaven. Payless is having a sale. Lead me not into temptation. Oh, judge all you want to. You without sin cast the first stone. Oh, love this hat. Look at this. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. I will dwell in the Nestle Toll House of the Lord forever. I come all the way in here for a sale and they don't have my size. Jesus, please, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Oh, I was going to go to Macy's, but Dillard's is having a sale, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but it's really funny. I don't know if y'all have ever seen any of John Chris's videos, but he's hilarious, and we, like, on the routine, send them to each other in text messages because he's just ridiculous. <laughs> Anyhow, as people who know a guy, who know the guy, we're actually called to be uncommon in the world that we live in. And while it might not look like this guy... <laughs> you know, streams in the desert, Starbucks, I don't know. You know, it should look like something different. And different doesn't have to be weird. <laughs> Has anybody ever met somebody who's like uncommon in a way that you're like, makes you want to run the other direction? Okay, we're not going for that this morning. <laughs> but we should look different and we should sound different. We should look different, and we should actually sound different. If you reflect the same conversation and the same language that is in the world and carries a heaviness and doesn't carry the lightness that Jesus gives to us, if you, don't, if you can't walk into a conversation and bring the light into a circumstance, then you're just contributing to this mundane kind of apathetic, we don't have hope world that most people live in. And most people don't even know they're in it. They're just living life. But as a believer, you carry the light of Christ. And that means that you know that there is more. And you know that when it seems impossible, there's hope. You carry something different, so you should seem uncommon. You should be that kind of annoying voice that's always like, God is going to move. It's going to be all right. And you're like, dang it. Why do they always say that? We should be a reflection of Christ, authentic, holy, different than the normal. The reason that we're supposed to be like that is because Jesus was like that, and we're called to be like him. He was always aware of who was around him, and he was always serving the people he came to save. So when he walked into a place, he knew what people around him were walking through, and he was there to serve them, not to be served, but to serve them. And it's uncommon to be aware of who's around you when you walk into a room. It's uncommon to want to serve others when you walk into a place. It's more common to walk in 
to the kookaburra on a Saturday morning when there's no seats and quickly look around and see if you can snag the last table before somebody else does, even though you haven't ordered your coffee yet. That's common. It's uncommon to make sure everybody else has a seat first. It's common to want to take care of your life. It's uncommon to want to lay down your life for others. And you and I, we're not called to be common. We are called to be uncommon. <laughs> oh, there's just so much I could say. <clears throat> uncommon purpose, uncommon God pursuit, and uncommon light bearers lay down offense, pride, self-promotion. They lay it all down at the cross where Jesus died for us and laid his life down for us. That's what it looks like to be uncommon. It means to walk around your world wherever God has placed you, wherever you get up and go from Monday to Friday, wherever you go on Saturday, wherever you show up on Sunday, when you get to church, after you leave church, to walk around with an uncommon purpose, which is to know God and to make him known. Uncommon God pursuit, which means instead of binging the last two hours on Netflix, you open the Bible and you ask God what he wants to say to your life, what he wants to speak into your life. Uncommon light bearers. It means that we're not afraid to walk around and let the light of Christ shine through us. And here's, here's what's really incredible about, about a light bearer. The way that light and color works is objects absorb or reflect different wavelengths of light, and that's how we see color. Okay, so if Jesus is the light of the world and we're called to be light bearers, so his light is shining through us, and we're called to bring out the God colors in the world... God colors are different than other colors. That means when we reflect the light of Christ and where the light of Jesus is shining out of us, when it hits all the things around us, it starts to bring out the God colors in the world. Because as people begin to absorb or reflect whatever we're saying and who we are, they start to show the God colors that he's designed them to show. We can walk around, a lot of us, and our colors, we're walking around with colors but they might not be the radiant, vibrant life colors that God actually designed us to carry. And as light bearers, even if you're walking around and you're in a room full of people who know and love God, as a light bearer, you're called to walk in and bear the light that brings out all the God stuff in them. That's your job as a believer, is to let the light of Christ shine through you and bring out all the God colors in the people around you. And it's something really cool that happens whenever we really do begin to shine a God light on people, and all of a sudden there's hope in their heart about something maybe they didn't think they could ever do, or a hope that's there that in a situation that they thought there wasn't hope for. And all of a sudden their perspective starts to change and shift because that's what God does, because he loves us and because he's a good father. He breathes life into things, and he brings light into things, and then the God colors start to emerge. So I want to be uncommon. I want to walk around with uncommon purpose. I want to choose to do it when it's easy, and I want to choose to do it when it's hard. And I want to commit my life to be the kind of person who's, who shines God light on everything around me. Anybody else? <laughs> Good. I just want to say, too, with that, we're not earning, we're not earning God's love when we're doing that, hey? So let's not ever get that confused or mix that up. We're not earning salvation. You can't, there's nothing you can do to earn that. It's all by grace. This is just a part we get to play as free people who walk around who have experienced the love of God. All right? So 
No striving for God's love. <laughs> um, people all around us are living on common lives. There are people, missionaries in places like China and North Korea, where there are thousands of Christians who are killed every year for their faith in God. Thousands of people who are laying down their life and understand the cost of what it means to say yes to Jesus and who know his love so deeply and who understand what he did for them and are so lit up with the love of God that they'll tell anybody even if it means laying down their own life. I heard a story one time about Christians meeting in South America who were so persecuted for their faith and had to hide so much from people who would kill them for meeting as a church that they used to say, all right, what we're going to do is we want everybody to ask the Lord to show them where we're going to meet, and we'll see you there. I'm not kidding. And then they would all show up at the same place because the Holy Spirit would direct them where to go, and they would just show up there. That's uncommon. That's uncommon. <laughs> it's not uncommon because we're chasing stories or miracles. It's uncommon because God is uncommon, and we start to live lives that are uncommon. You'll start to experience a God who is wildly uncommon, <laughs> and I want to know that God. My life should look uncommon because my God is uncommon. I don't want my life to look like everybody else's life. It shouldn't but not because I'm wonderful or I've got something to offer, but because God is not common. And he doesn't look like anything else because there's never been and there will never be anyone like him. He has always been and he always will be. So everything about him and what he does is uncommon. <laughs> when, when Matt and I lived in Australia, I lived there for eight years, and, um, you know, we had a beautiful life there. It was awesome. We had an incredible church. We had incredible friends. We had, I mean, I, there, there literally was nothing that wasn't pretty great about living there. Also, it was Australia, and that's a beautiful place to live. Um, you know, and I remember when we really felt like the Lord was leading us to move back to America from Australia. It was a really hard decision. Um, Matt has, a, has an incredible job that he still has. Um, and in order for us to move, he had to quit, and it was a big leap of faith, because we were comfortable. We were comfortable in our life. Life was good. You know, and we found ourselves in this position where we had to make a choice that didn't make sense to everybody else, but we knew that God was leading us, and so there was a step of faith that we took that over the period of the last four or so years, God has led us to where we are now, but we had a lot of uncommon decisions to make in the process. And because of that, I, I believe in those faith steps, that's what's made our life uncommon. There's a lot about our world right now, if I went into detail, that wouldn't make sense to a lot of people because God has designed our steps as we've trusted him. And every part of our world that reflects something uncommon was born from a choice or from a move that required a closeness to hear and faith to act on what our uncommon God said to us. Every part of our world that reflects something uncommon required us to have faith and a closeness to God to listen and to act. So can I just encourage you, if you want an uncommon life, 
you got to start hearing and you got to start acting on what God says to you because that's how you live an uncommon life with him. We've not always gotten it right, but I can promise you when you start to live the kind of life that just trusts, wildly trusts and obeys what God's asked you to do, even when it doesn't always make sense, you'll start to see uncommon things happen in your world. You need wisdom around you for big decisions. <laughs> and you need to open the word of God and let God speak to you through it. But I'm telling you, if you trust him and you have the faith to act on what he says, your life will start to look wildly uncommon. So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is the first point. We should start a tally on how many times I say uncommon this morning. Uncommon closeness will bring uncommon light. Uncommon closeness will bring uncommon light. We're going to do a little bit of Bible reading this morning, which is appropriate because you're at church. <laughs> so if you want to open with me to Exodus 33, we're going to start in verse 7, and this is what it says. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it, pit, yeah, that was right, pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whatever Moses, whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. Can you imagine if this is what we did now? <laughs> The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So there's an uncommon closeness here. And then it goes on further to say, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord passes by and he stands in the cleft of the rock because anyone who's, who was out and exposed to the full glory of God would surely die. <laughs> it's not intimidating at all. <laughs> and then down in Exodus 34, and this is just after Moses has come down from the mountain and received the first 10 commandments or the first commandments from the Lord and he's come down and he had been up with the Lord and in the presence of the Lord and he's come down to find the people who have gotten tired in the waiting and so they've basically decided that instead of waiting for God to do to do or move or do what they want him to do and you know they're just standing there waiting so they decide that they're just going to build an altar for themselves to worship and so they build the golden calf I don't know if you've, you guys know the story of the golden calf and they begin to worship this thing that was clearly not God or capable of doing anything for them and Moses comes down going what are you doing 
I've gone to be with God and God has been speaking, but in your waiting, you just made your own idol instead of waiting to hear what God would say. And he drops the tablets and they shatter and then he's pleading for God to have mercy on the people. You can read it all in Exodus 33, 34. But when Moses came down, this is what happened. Or sorry, when Moses went up, this is what happened. In verse 27 in Exodus 34, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Moses was with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So he comes down with the Ten Commandments. And this is what it says. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai the two ta- with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he came them all, gave them all the commandments the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. So Moses experienced an uncommon closeness with God. He spoke to God as a man speaking face to face with the Lord. And in the Old Testament, this was very uncommon. It wasn't like they took turns going to do that. But here's the amazing thing is Moses had not been saved by the blood of Jesus. And so if Moses who didn't have the same access as we have to Jesus and to God the Father, would experience that kind of closeness when he came down from the mountain after being with God and his face was literally radiant with the light and glory of God. If he could experience that kind of closeness as a man who hadn't been born again because of Jesus Christ, how much more can you and I experience the closeness and the light of heaven? Because uncommon closeness brings uncommon light. But he positioned himself close and he inquired and he sought the Lord. See, you and I are here to be light bearers, we're here to be marked by an uncommon closeness that marks us with an uncommon light. We're here to bring out the God colors in the world. And I really believe that as you and I draw close to God, the Bible says when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. So as you and I draw near to him and we pursue that uncommon closeness with God, he draws near to us and we begin to become that radiant light that even in the Old Testament the Bible talks about. Are you with me? Can I give you a little caution for light bearers? I was, as I was reading, I was doing a lot of study, and I didn't realize that the name Lucifer meant light bearer. And it was the name given to the devil before the fall. And I was so struck by the fact that his role was to be a light bearer for the glory of God. 
but he was so consumed with his own pride and selfishness and the lifting up of himself that instead of being a light bearer, he wanted to be the light. And I was cautioned in my own heart as a light bearer not to ever be so consumed by what I'm doing for God that I think that I became the light, not the light bearer. So that was just my own little caution side note. <laughs> All right, point number two, uncommon faith will bring uncommon answers. <laughs> We're going to do a little more reading. Are you with me? All right, Luke 7. When he finished speaking to the people, he entered Capernaum. This is Jesus. A Roman captain there had a servant who was on his deathbed. He prized him highly and didn't want to lose him. When he heard Jesus was back, he sent leaders from the Jewish community asking him to come and heal his servant. They came to Jesus and urged him to do it, saying, He deserves this. He loves our people. He even built our meeting place. Jesus went with them. When he was still quite far from the house, the captain sent friends to tell him, Master, you don't have to go to all this trouble. I'm not that good a person, you know. I'd be embarrassed for you to come to my house, even embarrassed to come to you in person. Just give the order and my servant will get well. I'm a man under orders. I also give orders. I tell one soldier, go, and he goes. Another, come, and he comes. My slave, do this, and he does it. Taken aback, Jesus addressed the accompanying crowd. I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust anywhere in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know about God and how he works. When, messenger, when the messengers got back home, they found the servant up and well. Not long after that, Jesus went to, to the village Nain. His disciples were with him along with quite a large crowd. And as they approached the village gate, they met a funeral procession. A woman's only son was being carried out for burial. And the mother was a widow. When Jesus saw her, his heart broke. He said to her, don't cry. Then he went over and touched the coffin. The pallbearers stopped, and he said, young man, I tell you, get up. The dead son sat up and began talking. I know this is a Bible story, but it happened, so I just want to jump back for a minute and read that again. <laughs> Jesus said to her, don't cry. Then he went over and touched the coffin. The pallbearers stopped. He said, young man, I tell you, get up. The dead son sat up and began talking. <laughs> kind of freak some people out that are in that crowd. <laughs> Jesus presented him to his mother. And they all realized they were in a place of holy mystery, that God was at work among, among them. They were quietly worshipful, then noisily grateful, calling out among themselves, God is back looking to the needs of his people. And the news of Jesus spread all throughout the country. Uncommon closeness brings uncommon light, and uncommon faith brings uncommon answers. And there's stories all throughout the Bible. If you start reading in the Gospels and you want to see what uncommon answers look like, you start reading Jesus about Jesus walking through cities and people being healed and people coming with faith. The woman with the issue of blood who just thought if she could get through the crowd and brush the hem of his garment that she might be healed. And she was because even when we feel like we're just trying to get to Jesus in the middle of a bunch of people, he sees us he knows, and he knows where we're at. And this woman who was a widow and had this one son who had died, can you imagine in her time and in that era what that would have meant for her? 
But Jesus knows, and he knew who she was, and he knew where she had been, and he knew what she was afraid of coming, and he knew that he could fix it, and he knew that he was the answer. And I tell, I'm telling you, Jesus is always the answer. I don't know what you're walking through today, but Jesus is the answer. And an uncommon faith in your life and an uncommon hope in your world means that you will experience an uncommon answer because Jesus brings answers, and Jesus is the answer. If you're sick, Jesus is the answer. If you're hopeless, Jesus is the answer. If you don't know what to do next, Jesus is the answer. You can bring any question that you have, and I promise you Jesus is the answer. Because in him are all things, and everything was created by him and for him. So he knows how it all works, and he knows how you work, and he knows how you were created. He knows what makes your heart beat fast, and he knows what makes you excited and hopeful. And he wants to bring life to your li- light to your life. So uncommon faith brings uncommon answers. And point number three, his uncommon sacrifice brought impossible salvation. His uncommon sacrifice brought impossible salvation. And we get to take part in that. Because our uncommon sacrifice of saying yes to Jesus, of choosing to lay down on the, our lives and give them to him so that he gets the glory means that we're a part of the miracle story. And sometimes that's just sharing your story with somebody around you. Sometimes that's saying, I know a guy. Sometimes when somebody, when somebody comes to you with a question, you know, you know the answer. So you just point them to Jesus. Sometimes it's pouring out Things in you that make no sense to someone else because God leads you to. And there's a story in John chapter 12 where Mary Magdalene has come and she's anointed Jesus. Jesus is in a home and he's with some disciples. And she comes in and it says Mary came in with a jar of very expensive aromatic oils, anointed and massaged Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The fragrance of the oils filled the house. And Judas says, why wasn't this sold and we could have given the money to the poor? But Jesus said, let her alone. She's anticipating and honoring the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you. You won't always have me. And what's so incredible about this moment is she was doing what she felt led to do. And maybe it didn't make sense to everybody else. But what she did was take part in the ultimate sacrifice. She sacrificed what she had without even knowing the full story of what Jesus would sacrifice when he laid down his life. And she anointed him for burial without even knowing she was taking part in that story. And we all know that Jesus rose again. That's why we have hope. But can I encourage you that you have a part to play in the story, and there's something that you get to pour out in your life. And you might know what, not know what part you, you're going to play. You might not see the whole picture yet. But can I tell you that when you listen to the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and when you listen to what God is telling you to do, and you say yes, he writes you into the story of salvation. He lets you be a part of it. And all you have to do is say yes. So uncommon closeness brings uncommon light. Uncommon faith will bring uncommon answers. And his uncommon sacrifice 
brought impossible salvation. And I just want to pray for you this morning, if that's okay, as the team comes up. Because I think there's people that are probably in this room and you've thought, I don't know how. I don't really know how to say yes. I don't know what uncommon looks like for me right now. But I want to live an uncommon life. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to pray for you. And why don't we all just stand together for a moment. God, we love you. And Holy Spirit, we trust you. God, I pray that you would bring, God, that you would stir in us, God, things that we'd forgotten. God, I pray that where our story and our salvation encounter with you became maybe not as bright as it used to be, that you would stoke the flame that's inside of our hearts and remind us who you are and what you do. God, I pray that the light that you've put in us would not be just hidden inside our homes, that it wouldn't stay hidden inside of our insecurity, God, that it wouldn't stay hidden inside of our worry, but God, that we would let it shine out, that we would remove whatever we've put over it to cover it up, to protect ourselves, and God, that we would become, and become people who make the uncommon sacrifice of laying down our lives for the people around us. God, I pray that there would be boldness and that there would be courage. And if that's you this morning and you just, you're like, God, give me the courage, God, and just stir something up in me that gives me the strength to share my story. If that's you and you're just like, it's been really hard for you to go out and to tell others about what God's done in your life, would you just raise your hand? Because I want to specifically pray for you. And this isn't because we want to call you out and make you feel bad about not doing it. It's because I believe that there's a God strength that's going to come on you this morning to bring a shift in your life as a storyteller for God. So Jesus, thank you that you empower us, that you've given us your authority, God, to, to share who you are, to be light bearers, God, and hope bringers, God, that the light in every hand that's raised, God, would shine fresh out of them. God, just bringing out the vibrant God colors that are all around them and the people that are in the places that they work, in their families. God, in every area that they step into, that there would be fresh color and fresh life. God, I thank you for a boldness that's going to come on them like never before. God, a courage and a boldness to just be lovers of you, God, and lovers of light so that when they step, they're not striving and they're not pushing to just say stuff, but God, it would all be God-led, God-ordained moments that you would just highlight people to them. There would be natural conversation. God, and overall that you would get all of the glory and that the hope and love of Christ would become just more vibrant in our city, God, more vibrant in our city. God, we're believing that your light is going to be radiant from our city. God, out of every person, that there would just be a radiant light just as Moses came down from being in your presence. God, that our closeness with you would leave us light bearers that walk around our city and our streets and our jobs and our families. God, every place that we step and there would be an uncommon radiance to everything that we are. We believe it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, God.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.